0: Welcome to the Paradigm Shift Podcast, where we are unraveling the roots of abortion through real-life stories and expert conversations. Welcome, everyone. My name is Karen Barbido, and I am the Director of Programming for Support After Abortion. I'm so excited to be here with you today, and we have an awesome guest. We have our very own Jesse Lapeck, the Director of Expansion for Support After Abortion.
1: Welcome, Jesse. How are you? Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great.
0: Well, thanks so much for being here. You know, I'm really excited for those that are watching today because Jesse has a compelling testimony that we're going to get to in just a little bit, but let's just start out. You know, I know you Jesse because we've worked together now for a while and you've had a really interesting career path. And so could you just share with those that are watching what that journey has been like for you and how it got you to where you are today?
1: Yes, of course. I actually started um, my career path in college, but a little bit later than normal. Um, And I did an internship at an organization that serves survivors of sex trafficking, where I really just found a heart and a love to help people who have experienced trauma of all kinds. Um, So with that, I I ended up, God brought me to a pregnancy center, Pregnancy Solutions in Southwest Florida, where I was the director of client services. I I oversaw all three of our centers. um, And now I am the director of expansion at Support After Abortion.
0: And we are so blessed to have you, Jesse. Thanks for coming along and being part of the team. You know, i learned um, in my own testimony, I had an abortion when I was a freshman in college, and I struggled with that for decades afterwards until I found hope by going through a healing program. You know, what? what's drawn you to support after abortion, Jesse?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, Karen. When I was working at the organization with survivors of sex trafficking, I had a situation where God undoubtedly kind of shook me and said, hey, this is part of your story and you can't numb it out anymore. Uh, And when that happened, one of my employees came to me and she said, Jesse, I have to tell you about one of the survivors and what she told me. And I said, okay. And um, it was a relatively new employee at the time. And I just thought to myself, okay, this is new for her and I'll really be there for her. At this point, i felt like I heard it all. Um, just working in that industry, you get a really quick uh, version of all kinds of different things that people have been through. And she started graphically describing one of our survivors' abortions to me. And uh, Karen, to be honest with you, it was almost like an out-of-body experience. And I did the best I could to keep a professional mindset, but I definitely could almost, it was almost like I was watching myself in the conversation with her and feeling this flood of emotion and realizing, and I um, questioned her, you know, how did you support her through that? What did you say? And she was telling me different things that came up for her and different things that she said. And at the very end, she said, I told her that uh, she would see her babies in heaven one day and everything just came crashing down like a ton of bricks i just realized when i had had my own abortion experiences 14 and 17 years prior that that day didn't end the decision didn't erase everything and so um i think because i had been numbing out for so long god just really was like, hey, you really need to deal with this. This is something that is affecting your relationships, your parenting, your um, role as a wife. And so that was a pivotal moment for me where I realized I really needed to seek healing for that. At the time, I was working about 60 hours a week and I ended up at a retreat, uh, a work retreat, but it was also therapeutic in nature. And um, the CEO of the organization said, has anyone had any of their own personal trauma experiences come up for them? Because that tends to happen when you're working with people who have experienced trauma, like I mentioned earlier. And I said, yeah, actually, this just happened about a month ago. And she told me about her own abortion story and how she sought healing for it and how she was talking to a pastor and said, He told her, hey, you need to go volunteer at a pregnancy center, and that just stuck with me. I was um, a wife and a mom of three kids and working insane hours, and so I didn't exactly see how all of it would be possible, but at least a couple times a week, I thought, where would I find some time to volunteer, and it just really stayed heavy on my heart. I knew it was something God was calling me into. That's so,
0: that's so great, Jesse. Wow. That
1: that seems like a, that
0: was like a like a wow moment for you when, when somebody that worked for you, you know, shared a story that just brought up all of these thoughts and, and just kind of put you back to that very time in your life when you had your abortion. So could you expand a little bit for those that are watching what what that conversation and subsequently with the woman who confessed that she had an abortion and gone through healing? Can you just share with those that are watching what that brought up for you?
1: Yeah, it brought up a lot for me, and it's interesting because that's what actually took me into the pregnancy center world. Um, Like I said, God orchestrated all of it, Um, and my boss at the time ended up at the pregnancy center, and I thought, man, this is perfect. I will volunteer at the pregnancy center. God, again, had bigger plans than what I did, Um, but in my time between the organization that I worked for and working for pregnancy solutions had an awesome opportunity to go through healing. Um, Karen actually led me through that healing. And what I realized in that um, a lot of my childhood stuff that I had gone through, my dad struggled with addiction. My mom struggled very much so with codependency. And so while God's redeemed those relationships and um, really just, spread a lot of healing in my family, it was really difficult for me as a child. And I continually looked for validation and um, ways to really signify that I was lovable and that people loved me. So I found myself um, trying to be really perfect when I was a child. When that didn't work, I really went down a rebellious road. And at 13 years old, I began having sex. Um, unmarried, obviously, at 13. But really, I just thought I can't, I couldn't figure out how to fill that hole and fill that void. And um, while that always was temporary in the time, I feel I felt like someone loved me and somebody wanted me. Uh, So that led me down a road to find um, my husband, I met him at 14 years old, my ex-husband, and we were engaging in premarital sex. I ended up pregnant at 15 and I was raised in a house. My mom had had a miscarriage when she was 16 and uh, didn't explore the trauma and the things that came from that and really just saw it at the time as a blessing. Um, And so that equated in her mind to terminating or the termination of a pregnancy is a blessing and you get to get rid of the immediate crisis. And so she had said, you know, if we ended up pregnant, that that's what we would have to do is have an abortion. And I never thought that that I would actually do that. And all of the fear and all of the panic and all of the feelings of not being able to do this, not having support crept in, literally the second I found out I was pregnant, I said, there's no way I can do this and didn't give it a second thought. Um, Fast forward a couple years later, I ended up pregnant again at 17 and um, swearing I would never have an abortion again. I did have that child. She's now 18. I'm so grateful that I did. She's amazing. Um, And it's just been such a journey and a joy to be her mom, super honored and blessed. Um, But it was really rough, uh, really rough the first few years. Um, Again, like we repeat patterns of behavior. And I ended up marrying someone who had the same struggles as my dad did with addiction. And um, he was not able to really provide support or anything like that. So... Couple years later, fast forward, I was pregnant again, and really felt like I couldn't do it. Um, I felt like the what I was doing with my first daughter—we um, were sharing a room at the time, and I was barely getting by. And I just panicked again and felt like I couldn't do it. So even though I had that moment of swearing I would not have another abortion, it felt like the only option um, that I had at the moment, and. I panicked
0: and again, didn't look back, so. Yeah, gosh, Jesse, I'm so sorry you had to experience the pain and struggle of not just one, but two abortions. The pain is real. You know, as I told you before, I've had one myself and it was really hard afterwards. Um, and bef- I know that you said that you'd be um, willing to share your abortion testimony with us. Um, Jesse's had both a surgical abortion and a chemical abortion. And so she'll talk about those things. And for those listening, I just want you to know there could be some really graphic detail in her testimony. So I want to make sure that if emotions come up to you, you have somewhere to go. You know, so we have a team standing by. You know, if, if you're struggling listening to this testimony, you can reach out through Facebook, um, or you can visit us at our website, which is www.supportafterabortion.com. And we have our hope line. Um, and that is on the screen now. And that's going to stay up through the duration of the interview. So you can reach out at any time. Somebody will be there to respond to you. So that said, Jesse, would you be willing to share your testimonies with us?
1: I would for sure. Um, you. you are so welcome. And Karen, I want to go back for a minute um, just to the three pregnancies over to span to like two years each span and talk about Uh, the things that we repeat over and over again, because I know some people can hear that and go like, didn't you learn? Um, But what happened, as I explained earlier, that looking for love, that self-worth, that self-esteem really draws us into a place of blindly making decisions and not realizing what all of those consequences are, not even being conscious to them. So the trauma, the looking for love the self esteem really caused me to struggle in those things and furthermore the healing important because then i influence my bonus child to have an abortion herself. So that's been um, definitely part of my story and how history repeats itself and patterns repeat itself. So anyone who's wondering maybe at that part of my story, like what is wrong with these people? Can they get it together? It really has to do with patterns of behavior and trauma that really blocks us from being able to make those decisions because they're so reactive. That's really
0: good, Jesse. So, you know, what I'm hearing you say is that for generation to generation, these behaviors or these choices could be handed down, right? Because we could, we only know what we've been taught. Right, and what we what we what we've seen, and then what we've modeled for those generations that come behind us. So, thank you for expanding on that.
1: Right. And how often do we say, "I don't want to be like my mom" or "I don't want to be like my dad," and we end up in that same seat, and we don't know how we ended up there, or even how to get out of it. And that's really what it boils down to: is not knowing how to get out of it. That that right. helps us stay in that. So. Right. Yeah. So to go to your question about um, the chemical abortion versus surgical, the first abortion I had was a surgical abortion. I don't even know if they had chemical abortions at that point, but it definitely wasn't an option that was presented to me. Um, And for my surgical abortion, I cannot remember very much of it. I was definitely sedated. And I I really spent my whole life feeling like neither abortion had a huge effect on me. And when I really started exploring feel, um, feelings and healing over it, I'm sure you remember back to these times that I was I was really struggling and frustrated. I'm like, I cannot remember. I can't remember being in the waiting room of the abortion clinic. And that was even before I was sedated or had any kind of medication. Um, But little flashbacks come back. But what that told me in the midst of that was well i thought it was something that never affected me what i realized it was so traumatic that i blocked it out and so i don't remember very much i can remember vividly going into the waiting room afterward and i think that was the first glimpse of realizing what i had done because they had women lined up across each wall and you didn't know what to do when you looked at them all of us just realized what we had done so the um, shame, the amount of guilt, the crying, um, not wanting to make eye contact with people, but there's very little that I remember about that one. I know chemical abortion is a hot topic right now, and, um, and my experience with the chemical abortion was definitely very different uh, because I felt so numb after my first abortion, even though there was a part in my mind that knew how it had affected me because I swore I'd never do it again. Um, I just really felt a sense of a weird sense of security and feeling like, well, if I can take a pill this time and it would just be like having a miscarriage, I almost felt like I could convince myself that I did have a miscarriage. Mm. And so knowing that pill was out there and it would feel like a miscarriage, it, it almost felt like there was a security in that. Um, And so when I got there, you know, I went through the same thing. Again, I don't remember a lot of being in the waiting room and what happened, but I do remember feeling a sense of relief when they said it would be like a heavy period. And I thought, okay, that wouldn't be bad. Um, And I could just move on, erase it like I did the first time. And and not have to ever think about it again or experience it. We've all been, well, all of us women have been through periods. So it just felt a sense of um, relief that it would just be something that I pretty much went through every month regularly. And so I got the pill at the clinic and instructions and stuff like that, went home and took it and I was um, sleeping. Went to bed, they give you painkillers. And so I'm really sensitive to those. And I completely knocked out. And I woke up at two o'clock in the morning to use the restroom. Was by myself, obviously, at two o'clock in the morning. I went to the bathroom. And at that moment, I sat down to use the restroom and heard my baby hit the toilet. And while I've suppressed a lot of things in my life and a lot of different traumas, it's the first time that I could consciously remember telling myself like first I panicked and, and was like, what just happened? And immediately that followed up with Jesse push that feeling down, flush the toilet and don't ever think about it again. Um, and that's exactly what I did. I went back to bed and I acted like, nothing happened. I The anxiety was so strong that it wasn't something I felt like I could deal with mentally. So I tucked it away and really never thought about it again until I was working um, with the survivors.
0: Gosh, Jesse, thanks so much for sharing all that. I can't even imagine what that was like for you being alone like that and having that revelation and nobody to talk to about it or nobody to comfort you. In and that, in that time. Um, and the good news is, is that you did eventually um, address it, right? I, I you're, you're so special to me because I had the privilege of taking that healing journey with you. And, and so we leave everyone today with hope. Could you share with those that are watching any kind of revelations, insights that you had um, and what freedom felt like as you went along the way?
1: Yeah. Going through that and after years of therapy and healing groups, this was so different Um, to me. It was touching on an area that I wouldn't acknowledge for so many years that affected me. And so I got to explore the different areas that I was still in, well, huge denial. That was the biggest thing for me. Um, And areas of anger, people I was still angry with, being super angry at myself, Um, and ultimately got to accept God's forgiveness and all of it, that was huge for me as I was going through. Um, I had a great support system at the time. My husband was really awesome Um, and just supporting me along my journey. I got to have a lot of conversations with some of the people who were on that journey with me, with my mom, with my bonus daughter that I mentioned earlier, who's, also, um, gotten connected with healing, and through all of that, it's really been a conduit of being able to spread healing, hurt people, hurt people, and heal people. Get to be a conduit to heal people, and so um, really, in going through all of that and all of the struggles that I had, and the downward spirals, spirals, and the family dysfunction. That's just really utilized the situation to turn it around and bring a level of health to me, which then in turn brought a level of health to my husband, to my mom, to my kids, to my siblings. Um, And that's been really cool and really redeeming to be a part of and see where once. Dysfunction was just really embedded in all of my family. Now, healing and hope and encouragement and support now is what I'm able to define my family by.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I loved what you just said. Healed people can help people that are hurting, right? Yes. Can better help people that are hurting. You didn't say it like that, but healed people heal people, or what did you
1: say? Healed again, people heal people. Healed people are able to be a conduit to heal other people. Right.
0: That's so good, right? So good, Jesse, I just am so thankful that you've been here today. I know that you just, um, you were so transparent and so authentic. I know that there's somebody out there that can relate to what you said, you know, and so so just final words for those that are watching. Um, We still have a couple of minutes. Do you have anything that you would like to say to those people that are watching today?
1: I do, I just want everyone out there to know that you're not alone. Um, There's help out there. There's healing out there. There are people that are willing to walk alongside of you, people who've been where you are, people who have experienced the same things that you've experienced, um, and you don't have to keep it a secret anymore. You don't have to live in shame or bondage or anything like that. Um, There are people on the line, the hope line, that are ready and willing To help you work through anything that you're going through and that there is a life free from everything that you've been through and together, like I said, healed people can be a conduit and so um, you can really help, you can have support in getting freedom from what you're struggling with.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that, Jesse. Thank you so much for being with us this week. Um, That's the end of our show today, but I do want to spend just a moment letting you know what's coming next week, next Tuesday at 4 p.m. We'll have Karen Garnett with us. She's with Heroic Media. And so we're really looking forward to that time with Karen next week. Again, I just want to let you know that if you're struggling or someone you know is struggling after an abortion, You can get confidential, non-judgmental help through Support After Abortion, or we can make a referral to anyone that's located in your region. Um, You're not alone, we can help you and you matter. Thank you for joining us today. If you or someone you know has been impacted by abortion, you are not alone. Contact us today at supportafterabortion.com. If you are inspired by today's message, we welcome you to join the conversation by following us on Facebook or Instagram.